Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we discover a fourth podcast host living in my basement. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including, of course, Byleth from Fire Emblem Three Houses coming to Smash Ultimate. And then on Thursday, we are going to be ranking all of the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate DLC uh, and me fighter costumes. <laughs> Sorry, there were a lot of words there. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm actually really excited, and we'll get into it when we start talking about what we've been playing. But I finally finished a playthrough of Fire Emblem Three Houses. There, Mark, you have surpassed me because I have not yet finished my own playthrough. I'm feeling pretty good about it because I had sworn mm-hmm. that I um, wasn't going to buy another game right. until I had finished it. What a relief that I can start buying games I'm not going to play again, right? <laughs> um, did I'm sure we've talked about this. But uh, that, that's so funny where it's like, do a fun thing and I will reward myself with another fun thing. I'm sure we talked about this, but when I was a child um, and Super Mario Brothers 3 uh, came out. In fact, we probably heard about it on that episode that we recorded in 1991. Um, that uh, I wanted Super Mario Brothers 3 and my dad was like, I'll buy it for you if you learn how to ride a bike. <laughs> <laughs> That is tough parenting. It is tough and it's parenting. got you to where you are today. It worked. Yeah. I rode that bike. <laughs> and I got Super Mario Brothers 3. That feels like such a dad thing. Look, I I don't I don't know your dad, but it feels like such a dad thing to be like, no son of mine's not gonna ride a bike. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what it was. So in nineteen ninety one, I would have been nine. Uh-huh. Right. So like it's about time I should I should learn to ride a bike without training real wheels, right? Right. So like he was right. <laughs> I should learn how to ride a bike. It's good for me. Um, you know what else is good for me? Sonic Forces borrowing it's like program. Your vegetables. That's right. That look. If you want to punish yourself so that all other games feel better, Sonic Forces. You can borrow my copy of it. All you have to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com with a mailing address where I can send this game to you. You play it for as long as you want, and then you send it back. Costs you nothing. Nothing. Um, and it's the perfect borrowing program. It's out right now, pleasing or displeasing one of our listeners. Or uh, being completely forgettable. Like, maybe a listener yes. forgot that they had it. Uh, and look, we're not throwing shade at anyone right no, now. No, we're not. I, I'm not. It's not even been gone for too long. This no, we've never lost faith time. in the program. There was like a six-month stretch. Yeah, where I, it was I just, did lose faith in the program. Briefly. <laughs> yeah. But in a triumphant moment, it was returned to us. Right. So y- It can, y- remains the perfect program. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. Still email us and get on the on the list, and someday you, too, can play Sonic Forces. Mark, are you ready to get into what we've been playing this week? Yes. So 
it's okay. Congratulations are in order for both of us, I believe. Mark, uh, let's se- let's properly celebrate <laughs> your accomplishment of uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, so I am happy to report that there are only twenty-two chapters. Yeah. And oh, the game, okay. Yeah, and the game really picks up steam. Oh, then the- I'm really near the end. Oh, then. are you? Oh, you don't I remember. Mean, there's only twenty-two been, chapters. <laughs> it's been six months since yeah. I started on. Um, it. Like the the calendar really slims down, so it's very easy to just like speed through the yeah. last couple of ones, uh, last couple of months. Um, but yeah, it feels great. I have to admit, the end, like story wise, at least for the Blue Lions House, which is what I was playing, mm-hmm. um, I feel like nothing about like the conclusion of the story, which is not really what I was expecting. It definitely wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but maybe looking back, like was inevitable that the conclusion is what it is. Interesting. Um, I sort of, uh, from where I am somewhere after the time jump, um, almost view everything that's happening uh, like in the present, you know, after the time jump as like the epilogue to like that the real story is the tragedy of these three houses falling apart. um, And then everything that comes after it um, is awesome. But it it feels like the story, like Mm -hmm. the big unified story, happened already mm. the uh you know like we've been talking about before i am so interested in going back and playing the other two houses at some point to learn like how it concludes there because i'm guessing it like the conclusion is different depending yeah. on like whose perspective you have um and actually maybe like the events in, in you know like of the back half in entirety yeah. play out completely differently um but i really liked it i like the experience was definitely worthwhile, even if like the conclusion, I'm left a little. Uh, I guess I just don't like feel anything about. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Uh. You can use New Game Plus to jump right back in and start like uh a whole new game, which I am eager to do, but I put it aside for now. And I did start Dragon Quest Eleven S. Woo! <laughs> Echoes of a elusive age. Definitive edition. Thank you for the Nintendo Switch. Um, I'm not very far. I'm maybe like 30 minutes in or whatever. Yeah, that yeah. But it feels almost nothing. You've right? Yeah, so far. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but it feels a little bit overwhelming to be back at like the clunky part of an RPG. Yeah. Where you're like learning the systems and like all that kind of stuff. One thing that I think is super funny that I like is that they have like these like platforming mechanics, kind of like your character can can jump. But the yeah. physics of it and the way he jumps is so funny to me because he goes, he jumps he like, like straight he up, jumps like straight up, like, like seven feet in the air. It's so weird. <laughs> it looks so weird. Um, it does. It looks bizarre. And also, like, they make a point to be like, uh, you know, jump up on these crates and like get on the roof yeah. and like get over to the other thing. And like you do that in the opening town and in like the first time you go to Heliodor Castle and then like it kind of goes away oh i'm actually gl- glad yeah <laughs> because i was i dreading that there was going to be like sections where like the platforming mattered yeah because there aren't not good yeah um but yeah it's it's a really beautiful game i'm very excited to get further into it i'm already sick of the music even though it's orchestrated yeah yeah it's well, just like really repetitive yeah especially early in the game um that it hits you with the same kind of repetitive music tracks when you start getting into like different dungeons and uh like when the um, encounter music starts to mm-hmm. like get shuffled up a little bit, um, that's always better. And when you're hitting these like bigger story beats that are like 
that where the orchestra the music is like bespoke for that scene specifically mm-hmm. um it's that's when it's like really good one thing i'm not sure on uh is in the battles themselves you can like run around nothing happens oh okay that, that, there's that, no okay. nothing yeah Gotcha. I turned that ability off. Oh, okay. You, you can toggle that off in the in the options. Yeah, I wasn't sure if there was like something I was supposed to be doing, like somewhere I was supposed to be using that nope. to enhance the battles or anything. Um, I also right away went in and turned the like battle text speed all the way up. Mm-hmm. Um, just to make all of that stuff happen, you know, faster. Yeah, that's a good idea. Did I already mention this game is really beautiful? It. I think it's really beautiful. Yeah, I think so too. Um, is a very good looking game. Uh, Mark, can we get can? Sorry, I'm going to say, can we? Can I have congratulations now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, big congratulations for um, your accomplishment. That I'm not sure what it is yet. My accomplishment, which Mark is not sure what it is yet, is uh, I was playing Tetris 99 last week in Invictus mode because Mark told me that I have to start playing in Invictus mode. I did, and I got a Tetris Maximus Whoa! in Invictus mode. Oh yeah, Thank big you. congratulations. Thank you. That's huge. Yeah. Um, felt great. Um, also felt a little bit crazy. It was like a, a day where I played maybe like two straight hours of Tetris. Um, and so it was seeing Tetris blocks falling in front of me, uh, you know, when I closed my was eyes. Was like the end of it really stressful? No, it was one of them where like it just, and a lot of, a lot of wins actually do, uh, come this way where like at the end, you're just sort of like plugging away, doing what you do. And like the blocks are falling fast, but they've been falling fast for 10 minutes. Um, and then it's just like, Dun, dun, dun. you're like oh i've won <laughs> um but there were tense moments you know earlier in the thing where i got very like high up to the top of the board and kind of battled my way back down that's awesome um yep it felt great um i also started playing bastion um which is a game that uh, you know it's a much older game uh that i downloaded when it was like a buck 50 or something during one of these sales um and it's fun. Do you know Bastion at all? Not really. So it's got like an isometric overhead uh, view kind of thing going on. And it's a little bit like hack and slashy where you've got one uh, like a ranged weapon and a uh, close up weapon and um, then like a special move map to like one of the triggers. And you just kind of go around this world and the world kind of like populates as you are walking over it like the things. Uh, kind of like rise up from like the ether um, and there is a near constant voiceover from uh, like a grizzled uh, like a grizzled old man who's like the boy didn't know you know what was in store for him and it's a little bit it's a the narration it, it like it's an interesting it's an interesting feature of the game um, in that like they have all of this stuff recorded for like all these specific like contextual things mm-hmm. where it's like um there was a part of the game where i was just like you know beating up on like the scenery for a little while like making uh uh barrels explode um and uh, the voiceover is like the boy you know raged you know uh, raged against nothing you know working out his anger you know something like it's it knows what you're doing and like has something to say about it um, which is cool and interesting, but it's just so like I'm a grizzled old man <laughs> and we're at the end of the world and no one can. Um, so like it, I don't know it. That combined with the aesthetic, which is kind of cute, like you just pulled it up, right? right. And, um, that like it, it seems a little bit incongruous to me. I'm gonna keep playing it for a while. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh it's fun. 
Yeah, I had to look it up because I feel like the developer has a good reputation. Yeah, it's super massive. So or super right? giant. Super giant. Yeah. Yes. Um, they also did like uh, Transistor. Yeah, they did Transistor, and then the like sports game. What's it? Pyre. Mm-hmm. Um, from maybe just last year. Um, and Pyre is a game that I would really be interested in playing it if if it ever comes to Switch. Um, just because I hear such good things. Wait, it's a sports game, but it's like high fantasy. Is that right? Yes, Pyre. Yeah. Is yeah, the, yeah, 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 that's right. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, but so I'm I'm playing a little bit of that. Cool. Um, all right, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Another quiet week for new releases. Mm-hmm. Um, on Thursday, January 23rd, we get two new entries in the Sega Ages series, Shinobi and Fantasy Zone. Are both released. There's a another uh, Warhammer Forty Thousand game coming out then too. This one is Space Wolf, and then Oddworld Strangers Wrath is also released. Oh, um, f- so the Warhammer games, what are they exactly? Do you know? I, are they like I don't know games? I so I think they're all different. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think that the Warhammer, you know, obviously Warhammer and Warhammer Forty K are, um in like the real world are a like tabletop uh strategy game right um but i think in terms of uh video games that they're all different like some of them are shooters and some gotcha. of them are ta- tactical games um i think the only warhammer game that i've ever played um is a spin-off of warhammer 40k called space hulk um and that is based on it's like a spin-off of uh the of the strategy game is a board game called Space Hulk, and then they made that into a video game. <laughs> so I don't, I don't really know anything <laughs> right, about Warhammer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, I, I sort of feel like we are hurting for. I know we had a like Nindy uh, showcase in like December or something. Like, yeah, I think early January. I think. It- was not that long ago. Yeah, or was I, it December? I, I don't know. I, the the calendar seems so wide open as far as like Nintendo releases yeah. um, and releases on Switch that like I don't know when like we're in a drought period right now, but I have no concept for when that drought period will end. Animal Crossing? Is that it? Yeah, I feel I mean like uh Devil May Cry 3 or 2, one three. of them. Yeah. 3 is coming to Switch in February. I feel like there's some other like um, kind of like releases like that. Yeah, like Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles up. is coming out there. And, uh, but it, I completely agree. It does feel like we're all just kind of biding time for Animal Crossing. Uh, well, let's uh, play some transition music as we continue to bide time. Now it's time for a regular segment on this show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, would you please introduce the topic? Yeah, so... Um, and I saw you just made a last-second change <laughs> to the did, topic. yeah. yeah okay, which I might change things. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we can only keep one yes. of the following. Mm-hmm. Everything, um, the rest of them get wiped out from existence. It is between Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, uh-huh. Star Wars, Jurassic Park, 
the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. and Garfield. Right. Okay. The cat, not right. the president. <laughs> let's say both. <laughs> sure. Let's yeah. Say, let's say both. <laughs> so goes one. So goes as as goes one. <laughs> yes. So goes the other. Yes. Uh, okay. So, um, I'm going to start by saying that I feel like there's an, an easy answer for both of us. Yeah. Um, that like if we can only keep one, it's probably going to be Star Wars. Yeah, right? I think you're right for um, us for sure. For for us for us personally, so I almost feel like we should remove that from the equation. Okay. Um, because then it becomes more difficult. I think that's true. Okay, so that's fair. So Star Wars continues to exist. Um, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Jurassic Park, Garfield, both the cat and the president, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. Now, it is important to note that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel Comics, if if Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe no longer exists, the comics do still exist. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay with that. Um, uh, I'm also going to say that for as much as I like Jurassic Park, there is one good Jurassic Park movie. Mm-hmm. Um. And then there are two Jurassic World movies. Right. Right? Right. Oh, right. So are we saying, well... I feel like Jurassic Park is a whole... We have to take the franchise holistically, Yeah, so like World would be part of... Yeah. yeah. World would be part of that. The Sega Genesis game where you can play as the Raptor is part of that. The Super Nintendo game. The theme park ride. Yep. The books. The books. Uh, That's all part of that. Same with Harry Potter. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Garfield, um, so we would also we would lose the comic strip. We would lose Garfield and Friends. We would lose uh, Garfield and Garfield: The Tale of Two uh, Kitties. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, we have to really think of the ramifications. Right, and then the president, which uh, I, <laughs> I mean, we'll assume that there's no butterfly effect. Yes, that yes, everything exactly. would continue on as normal. Right, if uh, President Garfield was replaced by President Odie. Um, and then a reference no one would understand in the universe <laughs> without Garfield. So maybe I have to keep it just for that fact. Um, Lord of the Rings. Okay. Th- I think this is an interesting one to start on. Okay. Because I enjoyed the movies mm-hmm. and I enjoyed reading the books w- while I was like, I think it was between Two Towers and Return of the King, or maybe I read them between Fellowship of the Rings and Two Towers. Uh, oh, okay. Two Towers. Yeah. I hadn't read them before. I think we'd listened to, like, The Hobbit on a car trip on, like, Book on Tape, but I did not understand. It, it was just yeah. a, like, thing. Um, well, let me ask you this. If Lord of the Rings is removed, is this all, like, Middle-Earth stuff? Does The Hobbit also go? And The Hobbit movies? Mm, I mean, yeah, like, I don't know. That's a good question. Or do we assume, or do we just say that, like, we're moving this piece of it i mean the hobbit movies wouldn't have happened in the right. same way if like the lord of the ring movies didn't exist so what if we just say that the lord of the rings books were never written and therefore everything that comes to the okay. lord of the rings so like right just the hobbit would yeah. still exist yeah which is the hobbit book is probably my favorite of every piece of lord of the rings i tried rereading lord of the rings like it's a few impossible. years ago i did find it really difficult which was surprising to me because I remember uh, at, when I had read them originally, but in between one of the movies, I really, really liked it. And yeah. so I don't know if, I don't know why this time I found it really difficult to get into. Okay, we are running out of time. Oh, okay. Um, uh, so uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to say uh, Jurassic Park is out for yeah, me. Uh-huh. I'm also going to, look, I had Garfield's book, uh, yeah, Garfield. Insults, Put Downs, and Slams, but it's got to go. Um, uh, Lord of the Rings, I'm going to say 
I'm going to say let's toss it because then we can get rid of those awful Hobbit movies. Yeah, I think so too. Which Harry- just comes down to Harry Potter versus the MCU. So Harry Potter, the books and the movies, I really like. Anything outside of it, including J.K. Rowling, I am not so much a fan with. So I think, so I think MCU. I think so. Wow. That's very surprising, and we didn't even really get to talk about the MCU, but you can check out earlier episodes in two separate 433s where we try to remember the order of the movies in the MCU. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay, we were accompanied today by pianist Kyle Shaw. Uh, Mark, let's get into the news. Hey, last week there was a Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Direct kind of thing, basically just like a Sakurai reveals. Yep. This is the second week in a row where Mark and I record an episode on Monday, Tuesday morning, Nintendo announces a direct for Thursday, and then we talk about it on next <laughs> Tuesday's episode. Well, it really just gives Maybe us... Maybe it'll happen again next it week. Just, yeah, it just really gives us more time yeah. to... Uh, uh, we're not reacting with our guts. We're really like letting it settle in. You know yeah, that's right. It really just like sits... It becomes a part of our biome, <laughs> yes. right? And then mm-hmm. we've got bacterias. We've got uh, you know all kinds of things like working away, grinding at it. And then when we get to talking about it, we know what we want to say. Exactly. So last Thursday, Nintendo hosted a 45-minute long presentation revealing the fifth DLC character for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Um, and this is also the final character in the original Fighters Pass. So this was, for the longest time, all the DLC we thought we were getting. Yep. And was, uh, you know, we were waiting on the the deadline that we knew of February 2020. The last character was going to be out by. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out that the character is going to be out by, uh, or on January 28th. And the character, of course, is Byleth from Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yes. And Sakurai is once again his charming self. Yes. So charming. Um, just taking time to teach us about binary and counting on one hand. <laughs> yeah, and I saw a little bit of an uproar in that he seems to be using binary in like the opposite way of how it's uh, normally. Oh, really? That, that he started with uh, uh, an open hand and then started doing. I don't really understand how it works to uh, count binary, but you know, binary. So it's a series of on and off, right? Um, but so he would start with an open hand and then like uh, bring a finger down to indicate like the change between zero and one. Whereas most binary counting uh, starts with a closed fist and that's your zero and one is like a pinky or whatever. Oh, interesting. Well, I mean, everybody was so happy with the rest of the presentation that that must have been the thing everybody glommed on to. Okay, so um, I <laughs> look, look, there was a lot of negativity around... Um, the announcement of what is perceived to be yet another Fire Emblem character in uh, Smash Brothers. Um, so I wanted to just, like, if we could quickly go over, like, the history of Fire Emblem characters in Smash Brothers. And, like, we can say that there are too many Fire Emblem characters in Smash, but there's no way that you can say that Byleth is the problem or including a new Fire Emblem character now is the problem. Um it's all just a matter of how things accumulate. Um, so the first time we see Fire Emblem characters in Smash is in Melee, the one on GameCube, uh, where Marth is in like the regular lineup. No one knows who Marth is. We're like, what? These games haven't come out in the States. We don't know what this is. Roy is also an unlockable character in Melee, and he is almost an exact clone of Marth. Um, like kind of just a palette swap, mm-hmm. right? So it's an easy thing to do for them to add a little bit more content. So like for almost for all intents and purposes in Melee, 
Roy isn't a discrete character, mm -hmm. right? He's just them giving you a little more content as a fun hidden surprise, yeah. right? He's he's the uh, the smoke in Mortal Kombat 1, or reptile, I guess, in Mortal Kombat 1, smoke in Mortal Kombat 2, maybe Noob Saibot? Who knows? Just a palette swap of a character that already exists, right? So skip ahead to Brawl on the Wii. Um, and Roy is not in this game. There is no Roy. Marth returns um, and is like a little bit different than he was in, in Melee. Um, but now we've got a, like a new uh, Fire Emblem character, and it's Ike, um, who's a heavy sword fighter. And it was evidently a character type with like a set of moves that Sakurai um, had developed without knowing what character was going to mm -hmm. use those moves. Um, and it was like checking with the Fire Emblem people. And they were like, hey, uh, Radiant Dawn just came out last year. Why not use Ike, who's the protagonist of that? He fits that pretty well. Great. So now Marth and Ike, very different characters in Brawl, are like now part of the Smash Brothers universe. Now we skip ahead to Smash 4 on the Wii U and 3DS. Marth and Ike both return, right? Um, and this is, uh, so they, they, they return uh, as their very, like, different characters. Um, and then Marth gets a clone again. And we've had clones of Marth before. They were called Roy, right? Right. <laughs> um, but this time it's Lucina. And Lucina is from Fire Emblem Awakening, which had just come out, you know, a, a year before or something like that. So it's kind of like just, so A, it's just a clone of Marth, um, and it's a clone of Marth using a character that people who had discovered Fire Emblem through um, Awakening, uh, that they had like a character they could relate to. Which was when Lucina. the series exploded. Yeah, exactly. And likely where a lot of people came to the, the series in the first place. Yeah. Um, the other uh, Fire Emblem character that's introduced in Smash 4 is Robin, who is the protagonist of uh, Awakening. Um, but Robin, he or she is a magic user, does like has a sword maybe, um, but like that's not the character doesn't fight like a sword user. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's a discreet character. So far, like I don't know where anyone would call foul on like the number of uh Fire Emblem characters. Then there are two Smash there are two Smash 4 DLC characters from Fire Emblem. One is Roy, right? Which was who was originally a Marth clone. Uh, and, but he, they brought him back because they were sort of in this vein of like bringing back characters that didn't make it into Smash 4 that had been in previous games. They had already done uh, Mewtwo and they had done Lucas from um, Earthbound, so or from Mother, I guess. Um, and so like Roy was just them like doing, it's part of the like, everybody's here, mm -hmm. um, but what they were doing for DLC. So like Roy's back and then they like reworked him to be different because you already had the Marth clone, so he couldn't be Marth clone again, so they made him different. Um, and then they also add Corrin, who is the protagonist from Fire Emblem Fates, who, you know, turns into a dragon and has, like, a weird lance. Again, fights not like the, you know, is not just another uh, sword dork, basically. Which then, of course, brings us to Ultimate, where it looks like there are seven Fire Emblem characters. Marth, Lucina, Roy, Krom, who's new, um, Ike, Robin, and Corrin. It seems like a lot. Lucina is still just an echo of Marth, and Krom is an echo of Roy. Krom, another character from Fire Emblem Awakening. So, like, if someone just came to Fire Emblem with Awakening and they wanted to play with characters who were like Marth and like Roy, they have the option to do so with characters they recognize in Lucina and Krom. 
So I know this is all like getting the, like really into the weeds here, but like the problem isn't adding Byleth. The problem is that like they just sort of grabbed all the characters from the past that were like fulfilling sort of the same roles mm-hmm. um, with like little tweaks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That like um, the problem isn't Corin. The problem isn't Robin. The problem isn't Byleth. The problem is in like the kind of mess that came before it. Yeah. And yes. And that there are so many like echoes. I guess if, yeah. if you even want to say that it is a problem. Yes. But that's where like a lot of like the uh when people are like, oh, it's just another Fire Emblem character with a sword. Yes. That's kind of where that comes from. Um I don't know. I'm really jazzed for this. Yeah, me too. I th- I think I'm excited I think too. It, I think Byleth looks cool. I think um that you get to fight with like four different uh they're like I can't remember what they get. Are what they they're called, called the legendary weapons? Yeah, legendary yeah. weapons. That each have like different strengths. They really play differently. They're not all just like sword. Yeah. Um, even the sword that you have is it's not more like, like whip like than it is sword like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the level looks really cool. Yeah. Let's talk about the level. So of course you're playing at the monastery. Mm-hmm. Um, at Garrig Mock, and it cycles between four different locations. The market has destructible shops on each side. And then Dimitri and uh, my boys in the Blue Lions mm-hmm. are watch the action. The reception hall has tables that can collapse when fighters are knocked into them, and then like chandeliers that people can climb onto. This is Edelgard and the Black Eagles. And then the bridge is just a wide, empty battlefield where Claude and the Golden Deer are hanging mm-hmm. out. And then finally, you have the cathedral that has like two platforms, but is otherwise pretty much just like Final Destination. And uh, uh, Reyes, Satith, and Flane are in the background here. Yeah, so, I mean, we're getting, you know, a dozen background characters, four different places within one level, um, uh, you know, music tracks from Fire Emblem Three Houses, uh, and he, Byleth seems like a fun character to use. Like, yeah. Um, they, uh, Sakurai talked about how he's more, like, kind of zoning-focused and that, like, you know, a little bit more, like, Link-esque, I guess, and that, like, you are controlling the space with projectiles. Uh, feels very much not like a uh, another like sword dork to me, but yeah, I was super pumped for it. I'm very excited for this. Uh, I felt so. I found like the whole. I still find the conversation around it so exhausting. Mm-hmm. Like, um, likewise. Who cares? Yeah, even, like even if you don't like it, like I just, I just cannot fathom getting upset about it. Yeah, I mean, and you know, maybe. Because, you know, people bought the Fighter's Pass. Right. Uh, and, but, like, I don't know. I feel like everything, all four of the previous uh, characters have been, like, megaton announcements. Maybe with the exception of Terry, who's, like, more of a head-scratcher. Right. But, like, is a big deal in the circles. He's a big deal. Um, but, like, Hero and uh, Joker and Banjo-Kazooie, like, it's, it's dream come true stuff. Yeah, there's, like, maybe, yeah, like you're saying, like, the only way I can kind of almost sort of see... A point is that you bought the fighters pack blind, and um, so you spent the money on it before you yeah. knew what it was, but you knew that going in. So, like, I don't feel bad for you. Yeah, yeah, one one hundred percent. And also, like, I don't know. It seems like another cool, interesting new character. Yeah, totally. Um, and the stage, a lot of time, like the stage. I'm really excited for. Yeah, I think too. the stage is going to be really fun. Yeah. Um, we also got a, just a tiny bit more detail about the second Fighters Pass, which is coming. It'll include six characters instead of the five from this one, which is pretty nuts that they're like, 
Uh, not 10 DLC characters, but 11. Like, we're just going to keep doing more. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of, uh, I feel like it's the exact same. It, you, because like Piranha, Piranha Plant. plant? Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but, so, it, with the expanded roster comes an expanded price. Yep. Uh, it will be twenty nine ninety nine to get the Fighter's Pass versus twenty four ninety nine. Um for the previous one and then each one still costs six bucks six bucks so yeah. you save a little bit i mean the the pricing is the same basically is that if you buy them all together you're paying five bucks a piece and if you buy them separately you pay six yeah great yeah. point um but other than that that was pretty much the reveal we got some new me fighter costumes mm-hmm. that are also coming next week on the 28th they're uh still available for 75 cents each they are cuphead um, the gunner character that comes with a music track, Floral Fury, Altair from Assassin's Creed. Yeah, we get, have gone like an Ubisoft run here. Yeah. Altair from Assassin's Creed, Rabbit Hat from uh, like the Rabbit series, Mega Man X, and Mega Man.exe. Yeah, so... from, from Battle Network. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll be talking a lot more about Mii Fighter costumes in Thursday's episode. Uh, so if you're interested in that, come back for that. Um, and, oh, one thing I forgot to mention is that if you buy the new, uh, Challenger Pack or the new Fighter Pass that is a- out, um, you get a Mikos, an, uh, separate me costume, mm-hmm. which is the Ancient Soldier from Breath of the Wild. You kind of basically look like one of the Guardians. Yeah, yeah. And this is the only way to get that costume, mm-hmm. uh, is to order the, uh, Fighter Pass, uh, Volume 2. Um, and that it will be available for pre-order on the same day that uh, Byleth is available, which is the 28th. Um, and uh, according to Sakurai, at any rate, all of the characters have already been picked for the new Fighters Pass. So don't bother tweeting. <laughs> yeah. Don't bother tweeting oh, at you him. You can see the fear in his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. I can't. Uh, if you, if I were Sakurai. Yeah. I would not. Uh, be on social media, and if I had a social media account, I would hire somebody to run it for me. Yeah, I mean, or you would just uh mute Smash, <laughs> right? You just mute the word Smash. Yeah, you wouldn't too. see any of your own tweets. <laughs> on the subject of Fire Emblem and DLC, Nintendo revealed Wave Four of um the DLC for Fire Emblem Three Houses. Did this sneak up on you a little bit? It did sneak up on me a little bit. So I know we've talked about them previously as as they've been rolling out, but that they're all kind of, that they seem like really small things. Like there's a sauna. You can talk to cats. Right. Uh, That's all I can remember. You're able to recruit like the merchant. Yeah, Anna. Right? Like that kind of stuff. But my memory is that all of that was a single pack. No. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's been anything. Yes, I'm surprised that it's fourth. Well, that is the fourth one. I know that we've also broken it down when we have read through them that, like, this is part of the free DLC and right. this is part of paid DLC. But evidently, this is part of the fourth wave of paid DLC. Uh, and it is completing, like, the original season pass um, that they sold when they released oh, the Oh, this is it. Yeah. Gotcha. So uh, this one is pretty cool. It's called Cindered Shadows. And it introduces a new house. That lives under the monastery called the Ashen Wolves, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yes, such a cool name. Uh, it's not a fourth path through the game itself, but a side story that's accessible from the main menu and not part of your regular playthrough. So it has its own save file, like yeah. all that kind of stuff. But after you complete it, you're able to recruit the people from the uh, Ashen Wolves house yeah. into the main game. Yeah. So it's like separate 
but you're able to incorporate the characters later. Also, it seems pretty cool in that you play as um, Byleth and then two characters from each of the um, of each of the three main houses, including the the like heads of the house. Right. So you'll be playing with Claude and Dimitri and Edelgard, and also Linda, uh, Lindhart, Ash, and Hilda. Um, in addition to the four new characters from the Ashen Wolves. Right. So the it seems like the way it works is that like there's no calendar, like yeah. you don't choose your party. There's like a series of missions and then out of the characters you just listed, it um automatically says these people are in this mission, these people are in this mission, and you basically just like go through the story. Um which is actually a little bit more like traditional Fire Emblem. Like mm. uh, Three Houses is the first one to introduce this like hub that you keep going back to and like a calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of them are kind of more just like map based or like you just moving along like a linear line to the next battle. Um, so I this is really pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Um, it comes out February 13th and it's all part of the original, like you mentioned, DLC season pass for Fire Emblem. So it's like the Zelda Breath of the Wild one where you just you buy it all if yeah. um you don't have the option to buy it at piecemeal. The uh season pass is $24.99. You bring up an interesting point, Patrick, about like how different Three Houses is from a lot of other Fire Emblem games. Uh it's I'm super curious as to like where they take Fire Emblem from here. Yeah. Do they keep doing like the Fire Emblem Echoes and maybe like remaking old games? But for me, like, uh, the reason I got into Fire Emblem Three Houses was because the school part of it and, like, the calendar, like, the teaching, like, all that kind of stuff was the thing that really drew me in. And I eventually learned to, like, the combat and, like, the... But I still played it on easy or, like, casual or whatever. Yeah. Um, But that's the kind of stuff that offhand I would want them to, like, elaborate on in a future game. But I guess there still are, like, other elements, like, um, in Awakening, the thing where you where like who you have children with yeah you know, like affects the outcome like all that kind of stuff like, yeah and that's that's all stuff that you are like doing intentionally too. right and so like you know wh- where there's not like a school that you're actually running around there is like a social game that you're playing um and you know it, it there, there are similar uh, like extra mechanics in both um shadows of valentia and uh fates um but they're all like a little bit different and have like a little bit different focus. So like whatever the next Fire Emblem game is, there will be some sort mm. of uh thing that lets you sort of direct um you know another aspect like of the game. Like engage with the characters. Yeah. But it won't necessarily that makes a ton of sense. So so like the fact that they have this um like monastery isn't the monastery is new, but having that sort of like social interaction is not new. It's just how it manifested itself in these games. Yes, correct. Ah, uh, interesting. Um, this week, a patent that Nintendo filed back in June surfaced, showing a pen-like attachment for a Joy-Con. The idea is that, basically, you know how, like, when you take Joy-Cons off and you're going to play snipper clips or something, it has those, uh... The Joy-Con strap. Yeah, that has, like, the buttons and everything on mm-hmm. top that you, like, slide onto the rail. So, and you hope to God you put it on the right way. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, and it never feels like it nope. like is going to come off correctly. Like, you're always like, I have to yank this too hard. Right, and then you're like, these rails are kind of <laughs> sharp. Am I bleeding? <laughs> um, so it's basically one of those. Yeah. But on the end of it is like a stylus. Because the stylus doesn't go into it based on the pen. It's just like, there's just a it stylus. It looks like it's like just a stylus on the end of the it. End. Yeah. Yeah. This seems stupid to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. 
understand the utility, really, unless you're supposed to use the whole stylus, or excuse me, the whole Joy-Con as a stylus. you're stylusing. I mean, yeah. that, that is what it would mean, but, like, if you're playing... If you're playing a game on your Switch and you are holding the Joy-Cons and you like take the Joy-Con off, put this grip thing on, and then like use the and then Just like take it them? off and put it back. It's so weird. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I who knows? Maybe this will actually see the light of day. But also, people put patents on things all the time that yeah. never actually turn into anything. Um, a week or so ago, we mentioned that the European Game Ratings Board, uh, Peggy, had issued a rating for Metro Redux on Switch. Mm-hmm. And the, th- uh, well, since then, the game has actually been revealed. We okay. thought that maybe it was coming as part of like a direct, but nope, it's just uh, showed up. Um, the physical edition bundles both games, which is Metro 2033 and Metro Last Light, plus all the DLC. You get it on a single game cart for $49.99. Or on the eShop, you can grab each game individually for $24.99 each. So you save one cent if you buy it on the eShop. That's a good deal. It's a good deal. It's actually kind of nice because maybe I would pick up like the first one or the second one or whatever and just see if I like them before buying the whole thing. It's also interesting in the reveal, they um, in like the press release, they make a point of saying... That it is both games, like everything, on a single 16 gigabyte cart. Which is uh, a departure for most of these, like, two games bundled together. uh, Like Bayonetta, Resident Evil Revelations, which were both, like, the second one is a download. Right. Or, yeah, probably, like, the most, um, like, egregious, for lack of a better term, it wasn't a big deal. Right. Like, was the Resident Evil... Uh, collection that came out that had Resident Evil 4 on the cartridge, but 5 and 6 were download codes. Right. Or like uh, L.A. Noir, which was like all downloaded. <laughs> right. <laughs> Remember? Right. Uh, also last week, a rating in Taiwan appeared for Bioshock the Collection on Switch. So on other platforms, the collection has included Bioshock, Bioshock 2, and Bioshock Infinite, and all the DLC. It hasn't been officially announced yet, but kind of like Metro Redux, there's a good bet it's coming soon. And I would buy this a million times over. Oh, yeah? Like, I really like the first two games. I've never played Infinite. Um, I, but... So, I've, I've not finished uh, any of these games. I've never touched two. Um, but Bioshock 2 is one of those games. Uh, it's got that, um, that DLC pack, Minerva's Den, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be, like, a really cool storytelling experience um, that I would like to check that out. Um, and then... Uh, I don't know that th- there was a little bit too much gunplay in um Infinite uh for for my tastes um but I-, I would gladly go back and play the original Bioshock again. Yeah. Uh, and finally, NPD revealed the top selling games of the decade of the decade. And there's some interesting interesting things to note in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no Nintendo games in the top ten. Bummer. But important to note that Nintendo does not provide NPD with digital sales info. So. Do we think that that would make like a big difference? No, looking at the list, like so, I don't yeah. really think so. Can Can you give us the list of top ten, Mark? Yeah, so it's Grand Theft Auto Five, mm-hmm. Call of Duty Black Ops, Call of Duty Black Ops Two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Three, Call of Duty Black Ops Three, Call of Duty Ghosts, Red Dead Redemption Two, Call of Duty World War Two, Call of Duty Black Ops Four, Minecraft at Call- number at number ten. Yeah, and then so that's the top ten, right? Um, Nintendo doesn't show up until the top 20, 
Right. Where uh, Mario Kart 8, and I think Deluxe is bundled in here too. It's gotta be, <laughs> right? Because there's no way that Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U by itself no. would uh, inc- have mentioned it number 14. And then Breath of the Wild comes in at uh, number 19. Um, yeah, which is a little, uh, I mean, it's kind of a weak, sh- I mean, maybe it's just that you can't compete with, uh, the Call of Duty franchise and, um, uh, Rockstar, yeah. like the Grand Theft Auto 5 and Red Dead Redemption 2 are, and especially with Red Dead Redemption 2 having come out in the last, like, year of the, of the decade, it's crazy that it's as high on this list as it is. Yeah, it's absolutely nuts. And also... Uh, a great reminder that in the like games community echo chamber, I feel like nobody talks about Call of Duty ever. Yeah, the world loves Call of Duty. Loves clearly. It. So there you go. Um, and then just one thing to note is that in the previous decade, um, I, I saw some uh, lists that were resurfacing for the uh, the aughts for two thousand to two thousand nine. Um, that Nintendo had um three games in the top ten. Um, we fit at number two. Uh, we play with the extra Wii remote at number four and Mario Kart Wii at number eight. Um, but I also didn't see uh, Wii Sports on that list. So what does anything mean? I, I think it's I is think it it's, just because it's bundled, right? Because I think NPD nowadays, whenever they talk about stuff, it's all about revenue, which is why I think Wii Fit mm. is so high up there. And that um, oh sure, because it was also more expensive, right? And we and board. then we and I mean it sold a ton, yeah, plus the extra like cost. And that's I th- I think you're right that Wii Sports isn't on there because it was bundled, so it doesn't like count. Right, that people it were buying the revenue. Wii. It generated no revenue, yeah. even though it was moving systems. <laughs> right. Um. Man, so how many uh discarded Wii balance boards are there in the universe right now? I mean, I know that they're under every couch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> every entertainment center uh has one slowly yellowing under the <laughs> under the vcr also super remarkable that mario kart Wii is on there i uh, did we play was we play extra was it like 10 bucks extra since it had the remote uh yeah i think so I but think like it, super I think it remarkable that 60 bucks mario kart is on there because that was just the normal price of a game hey it uh came with that wheel Remember the wheel? Oh, that's right. It did come with the wheel. <laughs> did that add it to the price tag on it? I don't it? think so. I think it was still just 50 bucks. Yeah, and 50 bucks. That's right. The Wii games were a little bit cheaper. Yeah. I'll never understand anything, Mark. Okay, let's get out of the news. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of our show. Uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like this episode, you should share it with someone who wants to be lectured at about fire emblem characters oh, we got an anonymous Smash. review on <gasps> um an anonymous five-star review on apple podcast this past week so thank you to ever do that we're at 96 so we're just four Ooh, away from 100 we're knocking on 100's door help us kick it down by reviewing the show you can also follow us on twitter i'm at patrick underscore ellers mark is at mk mitchell and the show is at nin cart society we also have a facebook page which is just nintendo cartridge society olivia duncan made our logo our theme music is provided by ape betty you can get more of his music by going to ape or by listening right now For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying, maybe there are too many Fire Emblem characters in Super Smash Brothers. What do I know? Thanks for listening.
Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with grills for hands, or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time. Then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot Bigfoot Collectors Club, you're You're here to to believe believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.